0: Jesus, we thank you that we get to be here with your people in community. God, we thank you that our gathering today is an expression of the community that is your people. We thank you that your love is for all of us. And that you invite us to not have to do life alone. So God, as we discuss, let what is faithful to you and to your character be remembered. And let what's just our opinions, or our thoughts, be noticed and rejected. We are here for you, to be faithful to you, Jesus. We love you. Amen. Alright, without further ado, here's the first question, and here's the microphone for whoever wants to get it first. Why Why is it significant for your area of ministry that the church is by definition... A community. Why is it significant for your specific area of ministry that what we are is by definition a community? This is not an event that you're attending, this is a community that we are part of. Who wants to go first? Mr. Bledsoe. Hello? Hello?
1: Hello? Okay, cool. Nathan, I'm going to try not to step on your pedal board while I'm up here. Um, So, I don't think it's too far of a stretch or controversial statement to say that um, you can't be in a fold group by yourself. (laughs) So, community is pretty important for fold groups. Um, You need to be able to share your answers with other people, and other people need to be able to share their answers with you. So, we go through fold group questions, which are based on, uh, generally, the passage that's going to be spoken on. Sunday for that week. And so you need to be able to share with people what you've put for those questions. Um, And um, those questions are centered around uh, Bible study and theological um, understanding, but also community as well. So um, Proverbs talks about how iron sharpens iron. And so uh, it's good to have other people to bounce your thoughts off of and to, um, if you're struggling with the passage, Talk and say, "Hey, um, this is what I got out of this week, but I'm I'm not sure if it's right. What do you guys think?" And so, um, community helps in that regard. But also, there are questions that are centered around, um, you know, tell about a time in your life when this sort of thing happened to you, or, or you felt this way. And there are questions that are like, uh, "How can your group pray for you this week?" Um, so those are really centered around community and. Um, Bringing people together, and uh, to use a Christian term, uh, doing life together. So, I think that's that's like the main thing that the full group has around community. It's uh, you can do Bible study by yourself, but like full group has its full potential in in community.
0: Yeah, absolutely, and we have seen in the life of the community, we've seen countless times where people in fold groups have embraced this, not just in studying scripture together, but we've seen medical needs met. We've seen cars purchased. We've seen, not saying you're going to get a car if you join a fold group. (laughs) That's not the promise here. Um, This is not the price is right. Um, But uh, we've seen community come together and say, if you need that, I can provide it. Um, And it's, it's We've talked about this from the beginning of this series, like you said, Stephen, that Scripture was intended to be interpreted in community. You want to find a common denominator in pretty much every cult? They weren't interpreting things in community. (laughs) They weren't like submitting to someone else, right? They weren't vetting their opinions and perspectives through the lens of other people. Community is important. Community corrects us. Community keeps us from stepping out of line. Community keeps us within the perspective of the church. Community makes sure that you guys are studying scripture. So if somebody from our preaching team comes up and preaches one Sunday and we preach something that's just like way off, well, you guys have all been in scripture for that whole week. So even the scripture being received on a Sunday morning is being received by a community in a community that's already been processing that scripture through community. So it creates accountability at every level of the church where we are submitted to scripture. You're not submitted to me or somebody with a microphone telling you what scripture means. We are submitted to scripture together, being formed in community. So it's this, like Stephen said beautifully, this multifaceted thing where not only are we sharing life and meeting needs, but we are also iron sharpening iron, one person sharpening the other person by wrestling, studying, processing scripture together, and submitting to one another through that wrestling. Chelsea?
2: Yeah, I love that. I think from a counseling perspective, community and just relationships in general are the opposite of isolation. So we know that oftentimes when we have struggles like uh, anxiety and depression and even stress, um, we those things flourish in isolation. They cause us to withdraw and retreat within ourselves, which is just kind of a, a negative circle that we are living within. And so when we are in community, when we are having fellowship with other believers and developing relationships together it is the opposite of that. It is the opposite of isolation. Um, and so, so much of healing is community. You
0: know, as I was thinking about this this morning, actually. Um, I kind of figured you were going to share something like that. <laughs> um, and I was thinking about, the story of Elijah in First Kings chapter 19, um, 18 and 19, Elijah has this crazy powerful moment. Fire comes down from the sky, but then Elijah is being chased. He's running from his for his life because the government is trying to kill him. Um, and he's had this really powerful moment, and now he's afraid and he's stressed. So he's experiencing this huge fluctuation of emotions, right? And in First Kings 19 uh, verse 14, Elijah says this, to God, He says, I've been very zealous for the Lord God Almighty. The Israelites have rejected your covenant and torn down your altars and put your prophets to death with the sword. I'm the only one left. And now they're trying to kill me too. What we know from the rest of the story is that Elijah wasn't the only one left. There were actually, I think, like a hundred other prophets that were still at work and still faithful to Yahweh. But in stress, Elijah felt alone right? Like he retreated into isolation. So exactly what you said that we, we retreat to isolation and we feel alone and community fold groups, community relationships keeps us from living in the isolation that we feel in stress. Oftentimes, at least in my life, when we're stressed and anxious and exhausted, we can't really help, but feel alone. Right? Um, this is a trivial example of this. It's hunting season right now. Hunting is one of my primary hobbies. I have had a really horrible hunting season this year. <laughs> um, I have not successfully gotten any big animals this year. Um, and I have felt as I've been tired and exhausted and waking up at four am, four in the morning to drive in the dark. I am the only hunter who is not doing well this year. Like I have felt isolated. That's trivial. That's not, that's not true. Right? Um, because I've got other friends who are hunting that have similar experiences, but in the moment of stress, you can't really help it. That's how you feel. So community keeps us anchored so that when we feel that, we have someone else who can say, that's not true, right? That's not reality. Yeah, the
2: perspective that comes with community, right? The perspective that comes when you do hear someone struggling with the same thing or walking through the same thing, and immediately, I am alone is false, right? Immediately, that's proven untrue, for sure.
3: it's really beautiful because I, um, you know, can relate to that in my own life, that uh, community helps me to not isolate and to recognize the fact that, like, I'm not the only one who's depressed and, like, all of these things. So I think it's really beautiful that um, for us as adults, community is so important in a church, and it's really significant that it exists as a community um, for us. But For the children's ministry, um, the children's ministry primarily exists as a partnership between parents and the church. Mm -hmm. So already the children's ministry exists um, in its primary function as a community, um, like from the get-go. And, you know, the vast majority of discipleship that a child receives starts in the home. And the kids ministry does play a vital role in that, but we help parents carry that. We don't, um, we don't do the majority of it. We help parents carry it. Um, and you know, there are, there are several passages of scripture that talk about the importance of raising children in the faith. Uh, one of them is Deuteronomy six, and that's one that I studied, um, while preparing for this, um, this little panel here. Um, And like, it really is um, considered like a very, very good guiding passage for parents, but it's also a guiding passage for every single person who is in the church community. Um, We as adults who follow Christ, who claim to love Jesus, who claim to know him, have a responsibility um, to help parents raise children in the faith. We bear a responsibility to be an example of what living in relationship with Jesus looks like. Um, And, our volunteers do that in the kids' ministry, which is so, so, so great. Um, and every volunteer training, I ask this question, is kids' ministry glorified babysitting? The answer is no, um, because we bear a mighty and weighty responsibility in partnering with parents to raise children in the faith. Um, and... You know, I think we're all familiar with the phrase, it takes a village to raise a child. I think that same sentiment, that same concept applies in the church, but in the way that it takes a community to disciple a child. Um, So we are meant to live our lives in such a manner that our relationship with Jesus is obvious because everything that we do or say can either point a child to Jesus or turn a child away from him. Um, so it is a very big responsibility um, that we have, and it's something that, like, I'm so passionate about, which is why the Lord has placed me in the role of children's minister here, um, and I'm so grateful for that. Um, but children need to know who Jesus is so that they can um, grow up knowing right from wrong. They can grow up knowing that they are deeply loved by the creator of the universe, um, and that's something that's so, so, so important um, because it allows them to point Uh, themselves to truth so that they can uh, dispel the lies of the enemy but that starts in the home and that starts here in the children's ministry it starts from a very young age um so yeah um Yeah, I just want to say every adult that follows Christ has that responsibility to be an example to children. If you have a child in your life, whether you're a parent or not, you have that responsibility to be an example of who Jesus is. Um, Because sometimes the best example, the best way that a child learns about Jesus is through the lives of other people. Um, So children's ministry, by definition, is a community because it is a partnership.
0: Absolutely. Um, Where are the parents at in the room? parents? Okay. Um, How many of you parents have figured out all of it? Yeah. How many of you parenting made your life easier? Okay. Yeah. None of them. No hands. Um, Parenting is hard and requires community. So as a parent, you need community to process through the various situations in life. As a kid, you need multiple adults to look to as examples, as Delaney just so beautifully said. We need community at every area of our lives. You know, um, I think one of the, um, I don't know, dangers in kind of our culture right now, and we're not just always dogging on Western and American culture. It's just the culture we live in, so it's the one we have to comment on the most. Um, But as a very individualistic society, one of the pulls as parents is kind of for like our house to be our castle right? Like this is the place where, where I don't have to worry about what anyone else thinks or what anyone else says. And here's the thing. You are primarily as a parent responsible for your house. I'm not, your fold group is not responsible for your household, but we are all accountable to the way of Jesus together, which means though I might be responsible for my kids, I am also accountable to my community and to Jesus. So we have the ability to go to one another and say, I don't know what to do in this situation. Help me out. We have the ability to confront one another and to parent in community. Not that we, y- you understand what I mean by that. Not that we're sharing responsibility, but that we are in community figuring this thing out because the Holy Spirit is dwelling in each of us. We need community in every area of our lives. Um, you've heard the old saying, no person is an island, right? Um, and no area of our life is an island. We need deep community relationships. And I hope that you can see as you're listening to these three sections of ministry, the way that all of this plays together, right? Because if you're in a fold group, it's going to help resist the pull of isolation, right? If you're in a fold group, if you're in community, and listen, fold groups aren't magic. Fold groups are small groups. Every church has a small group ministry. We just call ours fold groups. We do things a little bit differently, but mostly it's just a small group that gathers to build community and study scripture together, right? Um, And the reason why most churches do this is because it's hard to build community one hour on a Sunday when you're attending an event and listening to teaching. Community comes when you process life, when you share relationships, when you make memories together, right? So if you're a family and you're in a fold group, then you have people to process through life together, right? All of these things play together because you can see that our lives are integrated into community. Anybody else have anything to add before we move on to the next question? All right. Question number two. Share with us what you would consider to be three earmarks of living in community from the perspective of your ministry. What would you say, these are the three things that tell me I'm living in community as the fold groups minister, or someone is living in community as a fold groups minister, or as the kids minister, or as a counselor? So what are the three earmarks of living in community from the perspective of your ministry? Who would like to go first? All right.
1: I would say one of the uh, more obvious earmarks would be studying Scripture together. Um, Like I said earlier, um, we study the Scripture that's going to be spoken on Sunday so that we don't have to rely on just CJ for, or whoever's speaking, for uh, knowledge on the passage. We want people to learn to study Scripture for themselves. And so we want you to do that kind of on your own to start with, but then bring what you have learned throughout the week to your full group to then discuss um, and, like I said earlier, bounce ideas off each other, um, seek clarification if needed, uh, and that sort of thing. And for me, it's really helpful when we have a particular difficult uh, passage to know that after I go through this on my own, I can see what others have to say about the, pa- about the passage on Sunday. And so I'm going to give it my best shot, but at the same time, I know that there's others that are, like we said earlier, going through the same thing I'm going through, going through the same passage, going through the same questions, and it's kind of like a camaraderie thing. We're going to kind of do it together, I suppose. And the same goes for the questions that are more community-related um, or community-focused. Um, when when we share our experiences and our uh, uh, lives and and what's going on, uh In our lives, currently it invites others to to share in that and to um, be able to relate to one another in that or um even if it's just i can 't relate to that but i 'm going to pray for you and and go through that alongside you um that's that's something that like when it's when it goes from just studying scripture to uh, being in, involved in the people that you 're studying that scripture with it um brings a deeper level of community, I would say. And uh, it's not all just, like, small group and, um, you know, talking about Scripture or life. We do, like, uh, different outings and uh, um, get-togethers. We do cook-offs and chili-offs and, and, and sometimes go bowling and do different things outside of um, our group occasionally. So it's, it's um, a time to learn but also grow and have fun. What it sounds like
0: to me what I'm hearing you say is that the earmarks of community from fold group perspective are not just we're sharing Scripture together, but also that we're we know one another's issues. We know one another's struggles so we can share those, but also that we have fun together because community means sharing life together, right? Not just the spiritual, not just the deep, not just the hard, but sharing life, right? If you're going to have deep relationships, you need to have fun. You need to laugh together and cry together. Does that sound accurate?
1: Yeah, yeah. You would go through the hard times mm-hmm. or – Whatever it might be, but also sharing the good times as yeah. well and uh, the highs and lows. So, um, okay. yeah, that, that's, that's summarized as well, I'd say.
0: Awesome. Yeah. Well, I think one of the most overlooked things in the life of Jesus is just how many parties and dinners and feasts that he went to. That guy knew how to have a good time right? He had some confrontations. He had some difficult things, but if you're just looking at the life of Jesus, it's almost like he is hopping from dinner party to dinner party to dinner party. He ate good food, laughed, told stories, enjoyed life with people, right? Um, he lived in all community in the full sense of community. All right. Who's next? Rock, paper, scissors.
2: We'll just, um, go with what Stephen said and we'll just keep the rhythm. Um, I think for me, uh, or from my perspective, I think those three things would be connection, belonging, and hope. So when you think about connection, again, the opposite of isolation, the opposite of loneliness or the perspective that I'm alone. When we're in community, we are connected to other people. Uh, when we're in community, we have a sense of belonging. We become part of Something else. We become part of a group. We have, um, we think about other areas of life where you join a team or you have um, a club or something that you are a part of. There's a sense of belonging with a group of people. Um, And by nature, by how we're created, we love that. We thrive in that. And so when we have community, we have that sense of belonging. I think in that same way, we also have safety and security. We think about uh, power in numbers or safety in numbers. Um, it is that in a sense and maybe in that emotional sense where we have a safe place, a secure base of sorts to uh, to rest or to wrestle or whatever the things are that we're doing in that space in community. Um, and then we have hope. We have, as Stephen was sharing, we have a place where we can go and we can Um, share the things that are there and have other people sit with us in them and hold hope for us when we can't hold it for ourselves where we can have hope shared and encouraged and it's a place where we can um, find what we need in that way so I think for me it would be connection belonging and hope Um, so uh
3: Three three things that I thought of from the perspective of the kids ministry is that there are friendships formed between the kids, there are friendships formed between the parents, and there are friendships formed between the volunteers. So, um, very very similar answer to Stephen and to and to Chelsea that you know people live in a community together that they uh, they find connection there, um, and then one of those ways that it you know, those friendships manifest is being invited to join in someone's life outside of Sunday mornings, right? Like, uh, one of my most favorite things I get to do um, is go to birthday parties of the kids. I love that. I have just a ball there, and I know the kids do, too. Um, I say all the time, like, uh, kids love it when you embrace your inner child, so I, like, I'm, I'm, I just get really excited when I get invited to birthday parties, because I think it's just, think it's so much fun, um, but, like, we get to join in each other's life outside of a Sunday morning, like, our relationship is not um, confined to the hour that we get to spend together on a Sunday morning, um, and then hearing stories about how, the conversations that are started on Sunday mornings, um, continue in the home, like kids memorizing scripture, singing the songs that we sing on a Sunday morning, um, being excited to, to see their teachers again. Or like sometimes kids will have matching shoes with us. And like, that's just such a, a, a point of connection between the kids it's something so simple but they're like oh you're the same as me we're the same like it's like that's cool that's awesome um and you know kids just really being excited to see one another and on on a Sunday and being engaged in the lessons that we do Um, those are not very specific earmarks but like those are just behaviors that I see that that indicate that this kids' ministry is a community between not only the children and the teachers, but the parents and everyone involved um, as well.
0: Yeah, Delaney, you used a word that is incredibly important, friendship. Um, a lot of people have commented on this in our culture, of how we live in the modern world in kind of a dearth of friendship, that we're not good at it anymore. We, when you read in Scripture, you read deep friendships and relationships um but we often especially um those of us who are guys right on this i didn't grow up a girl so i grew up as a guy um so this is what i can speak to i don't know what it was like um growing up as a girl in this culture um but as a guy not sharing emotion i grew up like in a southern strong we watched john wayne movies play cowboys sort of like household where emotion you don't share a lot of emotion. You don't share a lot of hard stuff, right? Um, you keep things to yourself, and if you do share it, you've got it worked through, and you're sharing your conclusions, um, but that's not friendship. Like, friendship is be in this moment with me. Friendship is I I want to be with you. I value spending time together. I, I want this relationship, and I prioritize this relationship. We live in a world where it 's more like um, if we happen to find people that we were already with, then we will choose to I guess enjoy time with them like i 'll look around at my workplace and if I like the people there, I guess we're friends or but relationship requires intentionality, so you defining the earmarks of community as friendship friendship and friendship is something that we need not just in our children's ministry but in fold groups in every area of our life i think a a question for a follower of jesus that maybe as the, the teaching minister i would propose is a good way to answer are you living in community would be do you have friends like friends that you want to spend time with that you prefer enjoying time with one another that know the stuff you're going through that you could call when things fall apart, right? Um, It's also worth noting that B- making friends as an adult is awkward. It's a lot like dating in middle school. It's really uncomfortable, and you you have to work really hard at it, and sometimes you have to do the awkward thing and just say, like, hey, I think we should be friends. <laughs> like, you've got to actually ask. Um, friendship is created through intentionality. You don't just stumble into it. You don't just happen to, like, both like Tony Hawk Pro Skater 1, like ninth grade, you know. You have to choose to build those relationships as an adult. So we, we find friendship, but we find it by looking for it with that intentionality. So any other thoughts before we move on to our last question? All right. So from your perspective, what would you recommend as a next step for an individual looking to more deeply engage in community? What would be one practical step that somebody could take from your perspective in your ministry to go deeper into community? Same pattern? Opposite? Opposite? Perfect. Switch it up.
3: Train my voice today. All right, cool. There we are. Um, So from the, like, based on... Like the kids' ministry, a next step that someone can take, or two next steps rather, uh, because I thought of two. I hope that's okay. Um, But if you aren't already praying for the children, the parents, and the volunteers, that is a huge, huge thing to more deeply engage in the community that is the kids' ministry. Um, Praying for the kids, praying for the parents, and praying for the volunteers is so important because we value prayer here. We know that prayer is powerful, we know that prayer works. Um, So, If you allow me, I can give you a few examples of how to pray for our kids, our parents, and our volunteers. Um, So for our volunteers, and I'm very grateful for them. Um, I feel like I don't say that enough, and I'm saying it publicly. My volunteers are awesome. They're excellent. They do such a good job of living their lives in such a way that their relationship with Jesus is obvious, and our kids love them, um, which is just so important to me. Um, But to pray for our volunteers, um, that they are able to effectively communicate the gospel to our kids. Um, that they are engaged in community here in the fold, um, and that they know how deeply they are loved by God. For our children, that they hear the gospel and only hear it, that they receive it, um, that they come to develop a relationship with God that it is valuable to them, that they know they are known, loved, safe, and cherished by all in the ministry and all here in the church. Um, and pray that the Bible is a wonder to the children and that co- the conversations that are started in the ministry on Sunday mornings continue into the home. Um, and that's another way to pray for parents, right? You pray for parents as they do the hard work of raising our kids in the faith because they carry the bulk of that. Um, we come here as a community to support parents in that, but pray for them as they do that hard work and they carry the bulk of that. Um you know, pray that parents have the support they need from all walks of their life, not just here at our church community, because we have several different communities um, as adults, right? Pray that parents have that support they need um, and that community and discipleship are important to them, which it already is if they are already engaging in community and discipleship. But pray that it continues to be something that is important, um, And if you want to, another next step to more deeply engage in the kids' ministry is to volunteer. Um, If you want to volunteer with the kids, that's awesome. I love it. Come talk to me. Um, You can volunteer in the kids' wing um, or you can volunteer with the youth. Um, And I just think that would be really, really awesome. So if you're interested in that, come find me. I'd
2: love to chat. I think from my perspective, I would say maybe even to what CJ was saying is uh, make a friend <laughs> of sorts. Um, so I would encourage you to pray very intentionally uh, for a person that you are in community with or have connection with um, that God would show you how to take next steps in that relationship to strengthen it, to find deeper community and connection there. Or if you don't that he would show you a person, even just one. We believe that there are people. CJ says often, you have people here. We believe that's true. Um, Even if you feel like you don't, you have people here who want to be in connection with you, in relationship with you. Even if we don't share the same um, stage of life or circumstances of life, that is what the church is, and that's the beauty of being part of the church is that we God's good design was for us in that, for that to be true, um, that we thrive in community with people who are in different places than we are. Um, So pray very intentionally for someone, for God to show you who that person should be, for you to build into that relationship, Um, whether that's, yeah, just spending casual time together. It is very awkward to make friends as an adult. It is. Um, My, I've been so thankful for um, God's leading of me and my family here a couple of years ago because we um, didn't know the true beauty of community um, until he brought us to this place where that has been so valued and cherished. And so to, to have the kind of friendships where it is the raw places, because vulnerability is yucky, isn't it? Um, Vulnerability is hard. We don't like it. Um, Some of us do. Deep feelers do. They want to be seen and known. But most of us don't. And so we need people in our lives who we trust. And we can say, yes, I can go to this person with whatever this thing is going on in my life.
1: Um, I would say kind of two camps here if you're not in a full group you 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 should join a full group (laughs) Um, and as an introvert I know that that does not sound super appealing like being like Chelsea was saying being vulnerable and uh, sharing life with other people but I would say uh, give it a shot give it like a month or two and uh see 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 how you like it then um if you are in full group, I would say, um, as as a next step, would be invite other people you know they're not in full groups to join a full group, but also to uh, maybe lean lean in a little bit more than you are currently. For me, that looks like I, as an introvert, generally prefer the questions that are more uh, scripture-based and that sort of thing, but. Um, I think for me, leaning in more would be being more involved with the people that I'm uh, doing full groups with, so being more involved in their life, and so I would say something similar for you. If you really enjoy the um, community side and are really involved in their life, maybe spend a little more time uh, on the scripture-based questions and and trying to to learn more there, so, um, yeah. Awesome.
0: Awesome. Well, can you guys help me thank our panelists for sharing this morning? All right. Thank you guys so much. Uh, you are, we're we're going to uh, pack up the chairs and get ready for worship. But as, as we do that, here's, here's what I want to say as, as one of the preachers here. When we grew up, most of us, if you grew up in school, then you could have looked around your high school and you could see the groups of people based on interests, right? Like you could see the gothic kids and you could see the preppy kids and you could see the skaters and you could see this and you could see that because there was a natural, uh, a natural dispersion based on interest. A lot of us as adults spend the rest of our lives waiting to find the other skater kids again. And I don't want to be a bummer, but you're probably not going to stumble into them. Because. We don't live as adults in lives where we can just naturally break up based on interest, where we can just easily find people with shared interest. We live in a world where community is formed. And we live in a unique culture right now that the world has never encountered before, where we can find shared interest with people on the other side of the world. There was a time in human history for the overwhelming majority of it, where your community was the people who lived within walking distance of you. Community was deeply formed because you couldn't survive without it. We live in a world now where we can select based on interest. But that doesn't create depth. So my response, my follow-up for you would be to choose to do the work of engaging community. Choose to resist the urge to just find the place with all the things that are easiest or most interesting. Community isn't something you can shop for. Community is something we create. Community is something that we choose as followers of Jesus to do the work of building those relationships. And it's hard and it's difficult, but we want to do that hard work together. And you do not have to do it alone. Let's pray. Jesus, we love you. We thank you that you did not call us to follow you alone, that we are not islands, we do not exist in a vacuum, that this thing that you call us to do is communal by definition and that we have people who can share, who can wrestle, who can question, who can support, who can hold us accountable. And God, empower us to be people who do the hard work of choosing deep community that we would embody your way in this life. We love you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Amen.